ESPN's Bobby Marks made some interesting comments on Miami's pursuit of all-star Damian Lillard. Could the Heat potentially get Lillard for even less than what was reportedly on the table? Plus, Christian Wood had been linked to Miami as a possible free agent acquisition, but is now a Laker. Did the Heat miss out on a golden opportunity? We break it all down on today's episode of Locked on Heat. You are locked on Heat. Your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg. Joining me as always is David Vermill. However, you might be tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app. Thanks so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. There's been no meaningful dialogue between the Miami Heat and the Trailblazers regarding Damian Lillard, this according to ESPN, Zach Lowe, and Bobby Marks. Neither expects a trade to happen anytime soon, but Bobby Marks, who's a former NBA executive, had an interesting take on Lowe's recent podcast on how to get trade talks going. He said that if he was Portland, that he would just take Tyler Hero now and figure it out later. Uh, here's the quote. Maybe you pivot off one of those two guys eventually. I don't think it's a deal breaker that you have Anthony Simons on your roster with three years left on his contract and you're getting Hero back with four years left on his contract. Do it and figure it out later. What do you think of Bobby Marks's idea, David? I mean, I guess that makes sense. It, it, look, it's not like they're competing for anything in the short term. So you can have uh, Hero on the roster. You can see it, it kind of. You know, maybe it's an overpositional glut, maybe in terms of like the, all the guards and wing players and things of that sort, and maybe none overlap. They all overlap one another to each uh, to an extent, but you're not really trying to figure anything out this year in terms of wins and losses. You're trying to see which player evolves as the better option moving forward. So if Hero comes and outplays Shaden Sharp or Anthony Simons. Well, then what's the problem? You keep Hero, then you move the other one of the other two players, and and you you make your team better for down the road. So I I see where he's going with that. At the same time, I can also understand the Blazers' perspective of like, well, we don't really need this player. We would rather have something that he could provide in terms of either a draft pick or either another blue chip type player or something of that sort. So it, it's it makes sense uh, what Marks is saying. Uh, where, where do you read this? Because I'm I'm curious. I really haven't considered it because you look at Portland's roster and they have they have just so many guards and it's nothing against Tyler Hero. Like I said, if Tyler Hero right. was three inches taller, this trade would have been done a month ago. But yep. they just have too many guys that are overlapping in skill set. And so in that respect, I do get it from a Portland perspective why they wouldn't want Tyler Hero. They just drafted Scoot Henderson. They have Anthony Simons. They have Shaden Sharp, who they really like, who I a lot of people really like. Uh, he's sure, got sure. a really high ceiling. Um so I never really considered, hey, just take Hero and figure it out later. But the more I started thinking about it after I heard Bobby Marks's comments on this podcast, the more it started to make more sense to me. Because, look, this is a very bad comparison. I'm just preemptively saying that now. But there was a time that the Portland Trailblazers did not draft Kevin Durant because they had Brandon Roy. All right? And that didn't necessarily work out for them. When you're a rebuilding team, just grab the talent. I, I fully believe in that. When you're talking about fit, when your roster is built around 21-year-olds, you're way ahead of where you need to be. Like, that, that's that's ridiculous. Like, the, the Orlando Magic right now, we're not talking about fit, okay? Right. They're building and they're acquiring talent, and they're doing it the right way. The Oklahoma City Thunder aren't worried about fit right now. They're just building and they're acquiring talent, and they're doing it the right way. And guess what? 
they're finding a lot of good talent. And they're going to have to start worrying about fit sooner rather than later. But it took years of getting to that point. Portland doesn't have the luxury of fit. You don't have the luxury of fit. You just need talent. And so like, you keep that in mind. And then plus, you start thinking about the other options. Okay, maybe you want to just get another first-round pick for Tyler Hero. Let's say that first-round pick comes from Brooklyn. Let's just say, hypothetically. Brooklyn gets involved in the third team. What's, like, Brooklyn's not going to be bad. Mikael Bridges is balling out for Team USA right now. Cam Johnson's good. They've got good players on that roster. Nick Claxton's one of the best defensive, young defensive centers in the NBA. Like, that's that's a good group. We'll see if Ben Simmons bounces. Like, what what's that pick? Let's call it 18. Let's just call it the 18th pick in the draft, right? That's kind of like a, a slightly above average 500 team. Would you really have that? Would you rather, in terms of value, of the 18th pick in the draft than Tyler Hero? I don't think anybody would. I really don't. Yeah. And then you go to the other part of it, too. Well, maybe the Toronto Raptors can get involved. Could, could the uh, Portland get OG and Anunoby out of this? Right. Do you like OG and Anunoby's due for an extension? You're going to have to pay him maybe the max based on what his value appears to be across the NBA right now. I mean, he's going for three, four first round picks, some of these offers that have wow. been reported over the last couple of years. Yeah. Like, you're going to have to pay him 30 million a year, probably. I, yeah, I know that it, Portland fans are like, Tyler Hero makes $20 million a year and all this stuff. $20 million a year is like a bargain for a rebuilding team that doesn't want to be sinking all of their, their capital into one player, right? Right? They already did that with Jeremy Grant, and they're probably having buyer's remorse over it. But that's right. I, so I, the more I think about it, the more I think it does make sense from a financial, from a cap, from, a, from just a roster-building Excel spreadsheet perspective. Just grab Tyler Hero, get the asset, because he's the best value on the market. It's Interesting you brought up the Orlando Magic because you look at what happened there and they have that same kind of positional glut at the you know forward center type position. And one of the players that was expected to be a long-term fixture, Jonathan Isaac, who knows whether he'll ever play meaningful mm. basketball again. And so you wind up drafting Paolo Banquero. You have Franz Wagner there. You know, you have these different players that in theory play the same position, but you never know what the future holds. What I mean, again, you they never got Wendell to... Carter Jr. in that exactly. trade. Right. Just because so, they traded their star player for Wendell Carter Jr., kind of an unknown young player, and now he's basically emerges their starting center and, and kind of a foundational piece for them. They didn't care right. about the glut. It's a great example, David. And at the same time, you, you look at, you know, you're going to get picks on top of the fact that you're acquiring Tyler Hero. Mm-hmm. And if you eventually want to move Hero or Simons or Sharp or whomever, you can package one of those players along with one of those picks and get an even better player for the next step in your rebuilding process. That's how you lay a foundation down. So it, it makes a, a whole hell of a lot of sense to do yeah, it that Yeah, that's way. a great point, especially if that, that other thing that you would like to trade out Tyler Hero for isn't out there right now. Right. Grab him. You're going to be a bad team next year. Let him go score 26 points a game. And then flip him to something Grant? great. What if you want to unload Grant? Guess what? Now you've got the assets to do so. A young guard and hero or Simons or somebody else along with Grant and a first-round pick, and maybe you get a superstar and return look, or is who it, knows. Is it a great return for Damian Lillard? It's not. I'm sorry. Hero, two first-round picks, Jovic, and Hakez. You throw all that in the mix. Is that a great return for the maybe the greatest player in Portland franchise history? It's not. It sucks, though, and it's the only option. Damian Lillard's requested the trade. You as an organization have already moved on, and you could tell you could tell the media and all this stuff. Hey, we want Damian Lillard right. here, and all. No, you don't. No, you don't. Or else you would have worked harder to get him to stay there, and not issue a trade request in the first place. You don't want him there anymore. You're ready to move on. It sucks that this is the return. 
But this is what happens. It sucked that that was the return that the, the Wizards got for Bradley Beal. But they <laughs> waited too long to trade him. This is just right. what happens, man. Like, you give the guy a bunch of money. He's not a value. And there's just nobody out there with a better offer. And you've already moved right. on as an organization. He's moved on as a player. Look, I, I, I have all the sympathy in the world for Trailblazers. I really do. It sucks. But this might be the best deal you get. And I think the best deal, the best version of this is just grabbing Tyler Hero and then figuring it out later and not flipping him for something that's less than Tyler Hero. Um, when do we... No, it, oh, go ahead. No, I know. And interestingly enough, like I think Mark's included in there that Miami shouldn't even bother engaging Oklahoma City about lifting protections and that's like keeping them yeah. uh, another pick there. So it would be like less of an offer, maybe. You might be able to secure either Jovic or Hawkins. Very unlikely again, but maybe you might be able to keep one of those players just because there's no other substantial. Maybe you offer can convince Portland to be like, "Hey, look, we'll you know what? We'll unlock the OKC pick, but that means we get to keep one of Jovic or Hawkins." Like it might, like exactly. Bobby Marks literally said, "Like if he were, where's the quote? I have it right." Oh I, yeah, I've got it. Yeah, he's not. You're not bidding against anybody. Don't bid against yourself, right? Something along those same lines. Just like yeah, for Miami, you're thinking, and this is the quote: "For Miami, you're thinking." Who are we actually bidding against? We're not bidding against anybody here. And then he goes on to say that he wouldn't include Caleb Martin and he wouldn't even bother unlocking that OKC pick, which I think is interesting. I think there are people wondering, well, why haven't the Heat already unlocked that pick just to signal to Portland, hey, it's ready to go. Bobby Marks is telling you right now. Why should they? (laughs) What's the better offer? It might might just be the two first-round picks. Like, again, sorry, Portland, but this is just – it just kind of is what it is. Like, it's some cost fallacy. That's kind of what yeah. we're talking about here, you know? Um, uh, when does a Damian Lillard trade happen? We're going to talk about that next here on Lockdown Heat. But first, a word from our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is so easy to use. You can bet on everything from the spreads, the player props, and much, much more. Go visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Thanks for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Every day, or as you might have been expecting, our uh, season player preview on Jimmy Butler and Haywood Highsmith today as we continue along that series. But um, this took precedence. This is this is too big of news. We're going to talk about Christian Wood later on. And did the Heat miss out on a golden opportunity there? Um, but let's get to uh, this Damian Lillard stuff. Trade talks are not happening yeah uh damian lillard is not going to make a mess of things mm-hmm. which the heat still believe he might have to do uh to go back to zach Lowe and bobby marks here they think that this is going to drag into training camp yeah okay and that they and they have not heard that talks are going ongoing uh that it's been basically radio silence and that they don't believe that lillard is going to make a mess either and look this lines up with what others have reported it yep. lines up um with what I expect as well in terms of this thing going into training camp. Um, I do think Damon Lillard shows up to Portland's training camp, despite some of the concerns that he might not show up. I think, I I don't think he's going to make the mess. I think he's going to show up. He's going to be a professional, but I also think that once he's in the building, David, 
I think all of this just becomes real again for the Blazers in that front office. I think there might be, it's like, okay, we're here, we're reporting, we're trying to get ready for the season. Like, what does this all really mean for us? What are we really trying to accomplish here? I think there could be a sense of urgency to get something done at that point. So I do think that this thing goes into training camp, but I don't know that that's good. I, I don't know that it's going to be long after that, that we get a Damian Lillard trade because I think both sides will be motivated. There's no other offers out there. That's what I'm, that's my best guess for a timeline here. What about you? I, I just can't see why the start of training camp lights a fire under Cronin's, you know, hot seat at this point. Like why would he feel the need to make it, to be more engaged, to speed up the process or anything like that. Like having him around, it's like, well, you know what? I, I don't, you're up in your ivory tower watching from the court below, you know, talking to coaches and getting everything else. And if, if Dame, as, as Marks and, and uh, Lowe both said, he's too professional to not, you know, to skip camp. It's like, what's the point? Like if you're Lillard, first of all, why in the hell would you go to training camp and risk injury and, and just blow up the whole process? Not just the trade, but your season, your career and everything else. Like, Injuries do happen, and you don't want to risk it on some kind of a fluke injury against some young 20-year-old that might not know what the hell he's doing in training camp. Why even bother? Why bother going there for media day? And you know this. We all have mm-hmm. covered media days before. It's just this big, endless parade of doing promos. Watch Portland basketball on whatever local station you watch Portland basketball, on Valley Portland sports and things of that sort, and taking pictures in your uniform and your alternative uniforms and answering all sorts of ridiculous – you think Dame Lillard wants to go through that again in Portland? Just so Dame Lillard? Go- what about the like? What about Joe Cronin? What about the the the, the players? That's why. That's that, what I'm I, saying. So I that's why it. I think that. So oh okay. So to your point, like why even let it get to that point? Yeah. So look, and I, it's I done do, before media day, even if it's the media, night before media day, whatever. So media day is October second for most teams in the NBA, and then training camp starts again for most teams on October third. The reality right. is that most organizations start getting in the building about a week before, well, before that, that, maybe two yeah. weeks before that. That's more of what I'm talking about when I think about training camp. You're, I, okay. I didn't mean, and that's kind of okay. what once we started to kind of get there, end of means. September, I don't think that that's what he means either. You're probably right about that. If I'm Portland, I would be very look, look, can you really make a decision based on I don't really want to answer those questions? And the thing about media day is it's like kind of the players' deal and the coaches' deal. Like, Cronin right. doesn't have to say anything. And right. it is it, it, it is putting the players in a tough situation, and it's putting the coach in a tough situation because all the questions are going to be, "What's going on with Dame?" Right. and "How do you react? How are you going to react with Dame being here in the building?" and "What do you think?" But that's not Joe Cronin's problem, and you don't make a trade just to avoid those questions either. You get your PR right. staff in the building, you coach everybody up, uh, you kind of put the kibosh on it early. Hey, you know what? I'm just not really going to talk right. about Damian Lillard today, if you don't mind. I'd rather just focus on basketball and that BS. Well, he's standing right there. next That's to you, it. you know, right. holding two basketballs in his but hands. I, I want to go, right. go back to the injury thing because it's a really good point. If you're Damian Lillard, you want to be professional, and I get that. And that's what everybody around him expects him to be professional, be professional. He's a, prof- he's a consummate professional, all these cliches that you throw out there. I think you could show up and not really try hard. I think you can kind of just show up, punch your ticket, and not really do anything, and that might still be being professional. You answer all the questions, you do all the things that you have to do, you do all the requirements, but you're also maybe just uh, soaking up. Arts. Go ahead. No, I, 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 I think like I mean, kind of surprising that you would say that. Like, 
Chauncey Billups, he's going to have these young kids running drills and running, you know, and you know, their endurance tests and all this stuff. I know it's not the heat training camp and two of it, but I mean, they, they're going to have extensive, exhausting practices to start off the season. And what's Dame going to do? He's like, nah, I just don't feel like running. And yeah, how is that run. an example? He can run, but you're right. Like, you don't want him going against Henry. Henderson, who has something to prove, who's going to try to dunk on him. Right. Like, none of this makes any sense. Like, just, I, I look, I, Maybe I'm putting too much of uh, significance on the human factor here, but like you, we've been through enough media days now where you know that these are jubilant exercises of futility. Where you go into camp and it's like, oh man, I can't wait for the start of the season. But this and is yes, all, it's arduous. David, this is what I'm saying. I, I, I think you and I are agreeing here. Like this no, is I all know, gonna, but you also just, think it's gonna get gonna in the way. Like, I don't care. Yeah, it's gonna. Well, he's not gonna care. I don't think he's gonna make. He might not make that trade ahead of media day because he doesn't care about the media day questions and he might not make that trade ahead of training camp because he doesn't really care about Damian Lillard and whether or not he's risking injury and also by the way when's the last time you heard a star player getting hurt for a, like a major injury in training camp it doesn't really happen in the NBA they know how to they know how to balance these things out but I do I think know. that it's going to be in the way and that at some point in training camp he'll be like you know what that's enough let's just get out of this and, and, and just make the deal that's what I'm saying like when I say everybody's in the building and it gets real that's what I'm talking about. Now you have to like actually worry about developing the team, doing the program. That that, that what you're talking about, what's Damon Lord doing over here, and what kind of example is that setting for everybody else? That's a real concern that Chauncey Billups will have and will voice to the front office. Chauncey Billups yeah. is smart, man. He's a former star player. He's like, yo, Dame's he knows Dame's not coming back. He's gonna say, like, all right, like, what are we doing here? You know, right. like uh I think there's gonna be a lot more pressure applied to Joe Cronin to get something done from people, maybe even within that building. It's just my best guess, or just sort of the self-implied pressure of like, what are we doing here? Why is Lillard in the building with us? Like this this doesn't make any sense right now because he's yeah. not he's not going all out because he doesn't want to get hurt. We don't want him to get hurt because we're also self-aware enough that to know that we're going to trade him eventually. Yeah. So we don't want to hurt his trade value. So I, I do think that. Maybe I don't know. My timeline is beginning of October. Do you think that something will happen before that? I think it has to. I, I just the more I, I speak on it and the more I think about it, just the idea of going there, risking it from both sides. Like, I mean, Dame has nothing to accomplish or gain out of reporting to camp. Does he get a fine? Who I think he can pay fines to eternity and still have more than enough money to shrug it off. I, does it bother him? This this kind of professionality that every the professionalism that everybody can kind of keep speaking to. Maybe it's overblown. Well, I think there's an like in between that. there for the reporting to camp. I think Damian Lillard can enter the building and not really do anything, and I don't think the Trailblazers would tell. What if he shows up and he's like, want... "No, I've got, I've, I've got to pull Hammy." That's, That's fine. Shows up. That's fine. I don't think the poor. I don't think that. First of all, media is not in training camp, so they won't know whether or not he's participating. They just see the stuff afterwards, and he can just be like, I, I was done oh, with my no. session. And oh, then Phillips will answer the question, right? The media was like, did Dame and then participate in? And he'll say, yeah, he, he was a light participant in, in today's training camp, just like all of our other veterans. Like, he could just say that. He could just lie. There's nothing saying. I think Portland, Portland doesn't want to self-tattletale, right? They don't want to get Damian Lillard in trouble. They don't want any of that. They don't want any of the smoke. They don't want the noise. They don't want any of the distractions that come with it. Man, I just I keep thinking like this. You've got a potential star in Scoot Henderson. At least that's the hype of every early draft pick, right? And you want yeah, to start off great. a career. You want to start off a career with this fresh perspective, and just to have this over you is it, just such a sour taste to everything. Like what? And what changes in between mid to late September 
over mid to late October, you know, after a couple it's weeks. It's the same thing that changes between a month away from your big test and the night before your big test. It's just the deadline, the nature of deadlines, man. It's just like, yeah, you know what? The test is tomorrow. I better just kind of open this book and get the job done. Like, it's, I just think yeah, that's to, all to it me, is. To me, for the start of media day and training camp is is the, the, the idea of, yeah, the idea of the test being the next day and I better start cramming for it. Let me get this done October 1st. You know, maybe, like, I mean, maybe that's what happens. And it like, I'm saying it might be October 5th. And if you say it's October 1st, it's right there in the same ballpark. But, um, <laughs> I, I I don't think anything happens within the next few days, and I might look like an idiot in the next few days. But I just well, Ryan Horst has been out there low, and and, and they said like this isn't really the time for stuff to happen. People are getting in that last trip. Like executives are kind of taking their last little summer vacation. They're getting their last little break before the grind of the NBA regular season. So I just don't think like naturally whether or not anybody was requesting a trade. Trades don't really happen at this part of the calendar. Yeah, it ju- they tend to happen in training camp if if any yeah. trade happens at all. You know what I mean? It, so. Even by this point, though, like historically, Lillard has always been the guy to get the whole team together for offseason workouts. You know, yeah. in LA or Oakland or something like that. Just getting the whole team organizing these things from day one because that's his role and that's always been his role in Portland. Even when he was not quite the leader on that team, you know, playing kind of second fiddle to LaMarcus Aldridge. He was like, no, no, we got to get this done. Let's, let's meet in the off season. Let's work out. Let's bond. Let's get everything going. That is absent. Like he's not calling Scoot, Shane Sharp, et cetera. And saying, let's get together in Oakland for, you know, a two week, you know, kind of sort of mini camp before the season starts. And so they're already losing out on this experience. You know, I, I don't know. Damian Lillard and uh, Jimmy Butler going to go for their September Players only training camp next year. Columbia. Where else? Uh, where uh, else does uh, Jimmy Butler like to go? Brazil. Brazil. Yeah, I mean wherever wherever good coffee and or wine is sold, I guess. <laughs> Spain could do it all. Yes. Yeah. Um, the Heat might have missed out on a potential starting power forward. We talk about that next here on Lockdown Heat. Thanks again for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Make sure that you're subscribed on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. Over the next several days, we are going to start our player season previews, talking about Kyle Lowry and Tyler Hero. Which one of them could start at point guard for the Heat if a Damian Lillard trade isn't done by opening night? We're going to talk about Jimmy Butler and Haywood Highsmith um, and what's next in their respective careers. Uh, and and we're going to hit everybody else. You're not going to want to miss that series. We're really excited for that. Got some fun categories as a part of it. But let's move on to the news here on Tuesday night. The Lakers signed Christian Wood to a two-year minimum deal. David, you've been circling Christian Wood basically all offseason long, even, I think, assuming that he'd eventually be in Miami's starting lineup. I asked you, who do you think starts in power forward on a recent podcast? And you're like, I think Christian Wood is Miami's starter. I did. Did they screw up by letting him go to the Lakers? They had no choice in the matter. Like, I, I think what we're kind of overlooking here is that maybe there's a secondary aspect to it uh, in terms of maybe would know something or maybe there are, again, hush-hush circles around the NBA that are starting to gain buzz about whether a Lillard trade is consummated, whether or not Miami might have to pick up, say, a big man, Yusuf Nurkic, in any kind of trade, thus prohibiting any need for acquiring Christian Wood in the first place. He signs a two-year deal there. I Look, I... I was optimistic about Christian Wood the same way we both are in terms of Thomas Bryant and whether or not he can make a leap here. 
But the book on Wood has been pretty clear from day one. I remember talking about this even last year around the trade deadline. I think you brought up Wood as a potential candidate for Miami to acquire around the trade deadline. And who knows what it would have cost at that point in time. But, you know, he's a good offensive player whose commitment has been questioned on every team that he's been a part of and whose defense is subpar. And if you're concerned about Miami's defensive presence with Tyler Hero or Kevin Love or anybody else, well, Christian Wood is as bad and perhaps even worse because he has the physical tools to actually be a decent defensive player. It just doesn't seem like he cares to. And Mm -hmm. so I think I'd like to say that Miami didn't miss out on the opportunity to add Wood because I just don't know whether or not he would have taken his game to another level here in South Florida. There's so many layers to this that I find interesting. Um, first of all, the Heat only have 13 players under their contract. They are waiting, talk about deadlines, until the very last minute to have to get to the league-required 14 players under standard contract. Um, so much so that Andy Ellsberg's jumping through hoops to to fake a, uh, to sign a fake 14th player just right. to fill out the training camp roster and right. then waiving that 14th player um, as soon as possible. It, it's... It's they're obviously trying to hold on to whatever amount of flexibility that they have in the event of a Damon Lillard trade. They know they're going to have to add a 14th player. And why wouldn't it be Kristen Wood? He was out there and he fills at least on paper a positional need. And you're right. There's concerns. And I I do want to get on those in a little bit more. But in terms of like on paper, again, you need a 14th player. Christian Wood is talented, fits a positional need. He's a, he's a big man who could space the floor, career 38% three-point shooter at a high volume, mm. really great rebounder. Like, these are needs that you have. Yeah, he could, ones, yeah. to your point earlier, like, he could step in and start for you potentially, right? It's it's It would be a low risk but high reward, especially if you're getting him on this deal that the Lakers got him at. Yeah. Uh, but the Heat so value this, whatever flexibility that they have, knowing that, a deal could get complicated and involve multiple teams and potentially you might be taking on more salaries and more players. They just want to maintain whatever flexibility that they have. And so they didn't see Christian Wood at good enough and worth giving up whatever flexibility that is that we're talking about here. So that's part of it. It's the same reason, by the way, that they haven't signed Kelly Oubre. And for whatever it's worth, I know that there's been some scuttle about me that, that the Heat are interested in Christian Wood. I think that they've had conversations about Christian Wood. I think that Christian Wood has been brought up. I don't think that they were extremely motivated to go sign Christian Wood because if they were, they would have signed him in the first place. Also, if it was, I think they, I think the Lakers always kind of had an interest in Christian Wood. Christian Wood, by the way, born in Long Beach, he's a Southern California guy. I think if it was between the Lakers and the Heat, he always would have picked the Lakers anyway. But uh, especially if you look at Heat culture, when they talk about not for everybody, (laughs) might not be for Christian Wood. Just As opposed to child, yeah. <laughs> seven teams in seven years, like they've been through, they've been kind of down this path before with Hassan Whiteside and Deion Waiters and other guys who are super talented, but just don't buy in at the level that they need them to buy them oh. in. And I think that they, they would have circled that wagon if they had completed a Damian Lillard trade. But I don't even know at that point that they would have went out and signed Christian Wood outright. So did they miss out on an opportunity? Perhaps. I don't think it's a big deal. I don't think it's a big deal. To me, I, I think a big deal is who starts at power forward. I don't know that yeah. Christian Wood was ever necessarily the answer there. I just wonder what it says about why Wood chose why Wood chose the Lakers over Miami. And in terms well, of we don't the, know that he did. Potential, well, right, Miami. I mean, I mean we, was we don't know that he had reported. the offer. 
Okay, no, no, fair, fair enough. But it, it's been reported that there was it was down to two teams, right, in terms of whatever team he would sign with, either Miami or Los Angeles. Who reported that again? Or was I, that? I think it was Shams. It might have been Woj. I, I don't recall exactly now. It doesn't. I mean, ultimately, it doesn't really matter because he chose that. He, he took a two-year deal with a player option. It's a, a prove-it deal, similar to what Dion signed in 2016. The point being, though, why why was Wood waiting this long? Is it just play tie into what you were hinting at earlier in terms of Miami wanting to retain whatever flexibility they could and not wanting to lock up that potential last roster spot on a player like Wood, knowing that they might have to jettison some players in order to acquire Dame or acquire additional players alongside Dame Lillard as well. I just I'm trying to see exactly what the reason was for wanting to get it done now as opposed to you know two weeks from now. It's not gonna change. I mean, I know that some players, again, as you mentioned in the first segment, you know. Players report to camp or start showing up to to the arenas and start doing their preseason workouts maybe even a couple weeks from now, et cetera. And maybe he just wanted the opportunity to kind of get in there, start playing alongside Anthony Davis, alongside LeBron James, and whoever else might be in La La Land. But why wait to this point and then not just wait a couple weeks more to see if something develops with Damon Lillard? I, I just think that you just – Naturally, want to kind of know what you're going to be doing. I think he was probably just sick of it. This guy's been waiting around all off season long, and he's like, "Where am I going to play? <laughs> what yeah. am I doing?" Oh, I like, I get, I get it. it. Like, and and by the way, there's some risk in waiting. Also, what if the Lakers pull something and they say, "You know what? They get in the training camp, and Jackson Hayes looks amazing," and they're like, "You know what? Yeah. We don't really need Christian Wood." Like, yeah, thanks for no thanks. You know, what if the Heat make a deal and they go like to your point, they go ahead and find a, another option at power forward in some big mega trade, like. And they say, you know what? We don't really need Christian Wood. Like, there, there's also risk in waiting. And if that deal is just sitting there, I, I, I don't have the indication that he had offers that he was waiting on. Right? I think as soon as the Lakers made a real offer, I think he just signed it. Is my best sure. guess. Like, I don't yeah. see why if you're Christian Wood, you would wait. I, I don't see why you would do that. So, I don't know. Um, I'm trying to find that that report while we're talking here i think it's that christian wood was interested in signing the heat with the heat yeah i don't according to the athletic but i don't know that it was ever reported that the heat had interested in wood well i guess that makes so, sense whatever it is um all right that'll do it for us today thanks for making lockdown heat your first listen every day hit that subscribe button on youtube follow us on your favorite podcast app david thanks for joining me you got it Wes.